We've hit the bye week here on Bills by the Numbers, where we let the stats tell you where the Bills are at. We're presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, Buffalo has five games to play. How likely are they to go on a winning streak to the finish? We assess the matchups the rest of the way. And Steve is quizzed on Bills win streak and bye week trivia in the numbers game. Start your engines. It's December, people. We know everybody's got those car starters for this time of year. It's cold out there. Glad you've got time for us here on Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills Insider Chris Brown with you. And it's a backs against the wall scenario that the Bills have created for themselves here in this 2023 season with five regular season games to play. First, some numbers for you to chew on, courtesy of ESPN's analytics department. On their football power index, which is readily referenced here on Bills by the Numbers, after heading into Week 13, the Bills rank third in the league behind only San Francisco and Dallas. Their chances of making the playoffs, however, sits at 22%. Their projected one-loss record by the football power index is 9-8. Why? Their remaining strength of schedule, Steve, is ranked number one in the league. For what it's worth, the combined record of their remaining opponents entering Week 13 is 30-25. and 25. So with all that said, Steve, what is your level of confidence that the Bills can run the table? Because it's looking more and more like that might be necessary to ensure a postseason berth. Yeah, it might, it might well be necessary for them to run the table. I think whether they can do it or not, I think it's a coin flip, a week-by-week coin flip. Um, but I think as well, it's about a coin flip as to whether they'll really need to run the table. Uh, one loss can still get them in pretty, in, in my opinion, because you think about it, the teams ahead of them, Denver, now they're going to have, they're one game behind Denver, and Denver's only played 11 games rather than 12, but Denver obviously beat the Bills. And so you can't you be tied with Denver. You can't be tied with Denver. Houston is 6 and 5, Indianapolis is 6 and 5, Cleveland and Pittsburgh are both 7 and 4. Now those two those teams coming down the stretch, um, you you got to get ahead of two of those four teams or two of those five teams. Yeah, three of those five teams. So I think the Bills are better than all of those teams, but those teams, uh, particularly Indianapolis and Houston, are playing in their division, the AFC South, which is, you know, it's like sitting in the waiting room of the doctor. It's not that hard. So uh, that's what you're up against. I think it's a coin flip as to whether they can run the table, and I also think it's a coin flip as to whether they can go. They got to go five and zero or four and one to get in. Yeah, nine and se- nine and eight does not get them in. Nope, and I'm not sure ten and seven will either because who you drop that one game to if you win four of your last five is very important. Most people would tell you. If you're going to drop one of those games, it better be to Dallas because that's an NFC loss, and it doesn't hurt you in the AFC Conference tiebreakers. My feeling is the best path to the playoffs is still winning the division because you don't have a head-to-head with Denver. You don't have a head-to-head with Cincinnati. Not that Cincinnati looks like they're going to be in the picture anyway, and your conference record is not good. I mean, the best you can do in conference record is 7-5. and five. So knowing that, 
your best bet is to win the division, and that means winning as many games as possible. And it, you may very well have to run the table. We were looking at some playoff simulations, and if the Bills win the rest of their games, their chances of getting a postseason berth, 97%. They finish 11-6. and six. If they win just four of their last five, and uh, let's just assume that the loss is to Dallas, so it doesn't hurt them in AFC conference standings, their chances of making the playoffs drops to 57%. Why? Because they're going to need a ton of help. Yeah, they'll need some help. And, and that's the thing, too. If you, you see Miami coming down the stretch. Now, the Dolphins have the Washington Commanders, Tennessee Titans, and the Jets coming up in the next three. You got to think they're going to win those games. Now, it gets their last three games of the season. Yeah, they're a bear. They play the Cowboys, they play the Baltimore Ravens, and they play the Bills. It may come down to if, if, if they run the table with the Commanders, the Titans, and the Jets, which you would expect them to, and the Cowboys and Ravens game, that they drop them because they've got a lead on the Bills or for whatever reason, and the Bills come into that Week 18 game against the Miami Dolphins at Miami, that game could be for the division title if the Bills manage to run it. You've got to hope that Baltimore still needs that game in Week That's, 17 well, and that they're fighting for the number one seed to get the bye. They would need somebody like Kansas City or another AFC club to be hot on their heels in order to push them to want to win that game. Yeah, so Think about it now, though. And, and that's the danger yeah. you get into when you're in this help mode. Hey, that's we right. need help. That's right. Now, you got to think about it. Baltimore's 9-3. and three. They've played 12 games like the Bills have. Everybody else, most teams have played 11. But those of the other teams, Kansas City, Jacksonville, and Miami, all have only three losses just like Baltimore does. Yeah. So they're in the money. There is right now at week, you know, 13 or 12, 13, it looks like that game, they will need that game. But there's a lot of football to be played. That's right. Buffalo has been very good off the bye under head coach Sean McDermott. They have an unblemished 6-0 and record after the bye, winning by 10 points or more in each of their last four post-bye victories. The only difference this time around is this is their first game out of the bye under Sean McDermott on the road. And it's at Kansas City, a place where they have won twice in McDermott's tenure in the regular season. Does the fact that it's a road game post by make any difference to you? No, no, I, it, it not post by. It makes a difference because it's Kansas City and it's in Kansas City. Um, road games are always more difficult, and this team has struggled on the road a little bit yep. this year, and that's that's not a good thing. But. Because, as Bills fans know, they play in Kansas City like every year at least once. And a couple of years, the last four or five, they've played there twice. Uh, so that is going to be a little bit familiar to them. This is something that's not going to bother you. And, it, and when you say a road game, it's a lot of it is about the quarterback and his ability to communicate. They're going to they're be practiced at doing that. So, we'll, no, I'm not overly concerned. I'm concerned – that it's the Chiefs more so than it's a road game. Yeah, I would say because they've had recent success there, even as early as last year, the Week 5 win at the end, Dawson Knox with the touchdown catch, Taron Johnson with the pick at the end to seal it, the recent success there, I would think, helps the psyche going into the game. And you know you've got to have it. You, you, can't, you can't lose another AFC game. Cannot. No ifs, ands, or buts. No excuses. 
The Chiefs' offense has been struggling a little bit. Their defense is decidedly better than it's been in recent years. So, with that in mind, what is it about the matchup with the Chiefs that raises the largest questions or concerns for you? This is a different kind of Chiefs team. Offensively, it's Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, of course, like it is. But they have not been the same because of the ancillary things. And, and Pacheco is a hard runner. He's running well as yep. too. So their offense is good. It just hasn't been as productive as it has been in recent years. The difference for me is the cheap defense. They're good. They're really good. Chris Jones is a game wrecker. And that makes this Chiefs team a little bit a little different iteration than the ones we keep seeing in the playoffs and in the regular season. I would say for the first time since Sean McDermott has become head coach of the Bills, the Chiefs secondary might be better than the Bills secondary. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. They have three draft choices that are now in their second season that all play in that secondary. Trent McDuffie kind of leads the way as the former first-round pick. Legereus Sneed is a lockdown guy. And then you also have Josh Williams and others back there that really lock it down on the back end. I would say where the Bills are better are up front across the board. And the Chiefs' offensive line is not quite what it used to be. Their two tackles are a little suspect. They lost Orlando Brown in free agency to Cincinnati. So the key here for me is you have to get an early lead, put the Chiefs in pass mode as crazy as that sounds because I believe that the Bills will be able to get consistent pressure on Patrick Mahomes as most teams have. And that is why their scoring is down this year. The trick is... That defense is dang good. They are third in right. points allowed this season. That is an area they have not sniffed on defense in several years. The Cowboys are next on the list, and the Bills get them at Highmark Stadium. I know you are not impressed, Steve, with the Dallas one-loss resume. After you read it mm. off to me, I was not impressed either. They do not have a win against a team with a winning record this season at 8-3. and three. Amazing. Yeah, they have, and they were handed a loss early in the season, week three, by the Arizona Cardinals, which is the win that kept the Cardinals from going 0-9 for the first nine weeks. They had a win in week three against the Cowboys that gave them 1-8. The Cowboys lost to the Cardinals in week three. Then uh, they lost to the Niners in week five and got boat raced by 32 points. And then they lost to the Eagles by five points uh, in Philly. So that was a good game, and they, they looked good doing it. But they have beaten the Giants twice, the Rams, the Commanders, oof, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Giants, and the Jets. Yeah, they have not and, – and they don't make their schedule. they got to play who they got to play. Uh, and you It's know, hard to be impressed. Unless, it is, but you know, they beat the Giants by 40 points on opening day. And then they beat them again by 32 in week 10. So they, you know, they beat the Rams by 23. They beat the, and they beat the Chargers by three. So, and they beat the Patriots by 35. So yeah. they're, they're lumping up bad teams, but they're playing in a way that a good team would look against bad teams. Yeah, the Bills haven't been able to do that. No, they haven't. They have not looked good against bad teams. Lost to Denver. Lost to New England. Lost to the Jets. I... It's kind of hard for me to get a handle 
on how these two teams match up against one another, knowing Dallas, for the most part this season, against weaker opponents, have taken care of business in resounding fashion. Right. The Bills, forget about just, they can't even win. They've right. lost those games. Right. Now they, um, they had It's the troubling stretch. to me. Yeah, they had to stretch weeks two, three, and four where they were on fire. 38 points, 37 points, 48 points. And then they went into... They just, they just went away offensively. They scored 20 points, 24 points. Then they scored 25 against New England. They scored only 24 against Tampa Bay, even though they won that game. 18 points against the Bengals. 22 points against the Broncos. And then, of course, the last two games, they've scored 32 and 30 points, 34 points, respectively. They just struggled offensively to score points. And it was frustrating to watch. And you can make the same argument about the Buffalo Bills. They lumped up the Raiders, Commanders, and they did play well against the Dolphins in that three-game stretch. You know, then they beat the Giants, they beat the Buccaneers, and they beat the Jets. Okay, hardly a murderer's row. So you can make the same argument about the Buffalo Bills that yeah, we're making about that's the Cowboys. My point. Yeah. And then you, you take it a step further, and what Dallas has on their roster is elite talent. They have guard-to-guard and elite offensive line. Their tackles are getting a little long in the tooth, but still pretty good. They have a top three talent at receiver in C.D. Lamb. They have probably a top 15 talent, maybe top 20. Eh, I might say top 15. Brandon Cooks. Uh, Tony Pollard is a versatile running back. And then even on the back end, you don't have Trayvon Diggs anymore, but you have a top three talent at his position in Micah Parsons, who is a game wrecker. And then you have this kid, Deron Bland, who is their nickel corner, he bumps out to the outside after Trayvon Diggs goes on injured reserve with an ACL, and the guy's got five pick sixes on the season. He already right. set an NFL record. He's got five games to play. It's amazing some of the talent that they have out on that field. To me, this is the kind of matchup where Sean McDermott and his coaching staff have to shine. They have to outcoach Mike McCarthy and his crew because I think in many areas – these two rosters, at least in terms of talent, pretty evenly matched. It'll be interesting as well because the game is in Orchard Park. And as we've seen over the last couple of three days here in Buffalo, it's a roll of the dice as to what the conditions are going to be. Yeah, The Bills played extremely well in Philadelphia in a lo- losing effort in, the, in a pouring rainstorm. Um, they live in, and, and this is where the I think, this gets overlooked sometimes from a player's standpoint when I was playing. You get guys that come in from Dallas where it's going to be 75 in, in the winter. You come in here, and the thing that gets you is when you get off the plane, it slaps you in the face, the, the cold. And you kind of got to get your mind around it. For, for Bills players, you live in it, you practice in it, you go to work in it, you come home in it. Yeah. You know, you, you live your life, and it, it's not jar. It's not a. It's not even a consideration. You just say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to have to wear this and this on the game day, and let's go. You know, uh, the guys in Dallas, they're going to come. They're going to get off the plane and go. Okay, now what would really work in this weather? I, they don't really know. And the Bills players practicing it. They try this outfit today yeah. when it's cold, and they try this other outfit, and they say, I like this one better. Let's. I'm going to put this top with these bottoms. That you know, that kind of thing. The under under their uniform stuff. That's where the conditions really kind of go, where it becomes a distraction for your opponent when they come in, and there's no telling what the weather's going to be like. And they don't really understand or know for sure how hard it's going to be to handle the ball, all that stuff. That's an advantage for Buffalo, but you still got to play good. You still got to play well. And that's really, at this time of year, 
how, the, the weather is going to be a factor. Even if it's not a factor, that's a factor because you're going to think it's going to be a factor, right? <laughs> so you're preparing for it to be a factor, and if it's not, reverse it's like, oh, logic. We yeah, if you're preparing all this, like I got to get the outfits right, I get my shoes right, the cleats right, the surface right, that that that, and then all you get out there, and it's like it's sunny and dry. Oh, all right. That Cowboys game is followed by another road contest at L.A. against the Chargers. Los Angeles has been very uneven all season long, but they do have the ability to hang with just about any team in the league when it comes to scoring points. We saw that in one of their recent games, a 41-38 contest. So, you know, you're, you're right on the cusp of the Christmas holiday. It's a Saturday night game in L.A., Buffalo won big there in that same stadium last year in week one over the Rams, 31-10. to 10. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, well, I, you know what I think. I think the Chargers are going to be Charger. I mean, I, they... They're... Haven't the Bills Chargered a little bit this year? Absolutely. Absolutely they have. You can make that argument, but that's not who they are. And particularly when you go down deeper into the numbers, it, you got to scratch your heads to find out why that happens. And certainly... You could have stolen a game with 12 guys on the field. You could, you know, all that stuff that goes down the lane. And the Chargers, um, kind of in the same boat, but that's where they live. And I think by the time the Chargers get there, and, and let's face it, right now the Chargers sit at four and seven. Yeah. By, by the time we get there, it may not They matter. might be four and ten or whatever. Five that, and nine. Five and nine. Yeah. Because they um, win one, lose one, win one, lose. They can't. And, yeah, and they they have not had a streak like the Bills did, where you know they win three in a row. They have lost their last three games, and they've lost five out of their last seven. Their season slipped away. My only concern with that game is they pull the plug on Staley before the season's over, right? And then we got to worry about the interim head coach bump, right? Might get one. That's that's my that's my. This is like way out there in terms of the things that could happen. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's my chief concern about that game. That GM Tom Telesco pulls the plug on Staley they may the stink. week before they play the Bills. They you know name an interim head coach, and just like we saw with the Raiders, you get the interim head coach bump. Well, hopefully that happens this coming week. And it'll that bump will be settled over down with. by the yeah, time they'll <laughs> be they'll go back to mediocrity or worse before the end of the yeah. So who right. knows? But you're right, <clears throat> you're right. We've That's seen my concern. It. We've seen it. And then it's division games. After that, I don't think we need to pay much mind to the Patriots game, but it's a division and conference win you must have. And after the way the last one went, I think we anticipate a focused and productive performance from the Bills in that one. And then the finale on the road in Miami, which, as we know, could have a lot on the line. Has anything, besides some important player availability, changed in your eyes with this matchup from what we saw back in Week 4? Because if you remember, you still had Tredavious White, you still had Matt Milano, you still had Daquan Jones when you played the Dolphins the last time. You don't have any of those cats anymore. Yeah, it's changed. I mean, it, a lot of it's happened. Jalen Phillips is is done for the Dolphins. They added Jason know? Pierre-Paul. Uh, so we'll see. But um, I think, you know, this is a this is a no. Nothing's changed for me. I like the Bills going down to Miami in that weather at that time of year and and playing well. 
That doesn't mean they're actually going to win, or but they're going to play well in that game. It's going to take a huge effort to beat this team at that point. If they get to that point with a chance to get in, yeah. Miami's going to want no part of that. And if it's for the division title, that may be different. You know what I'm saying? It's, what's the scenario? If, if the Bills win it and win the division – Miami's going to be motivated. They They're going to be highly they want motivated. To slay the dragon that has been That's the right. bane of their existence for the yes. better part of the last three years. Josh they Allen. They remember getting boat raced here 56 to 26 three years ago. They remember getting boat raced here at the end of uh, the next season. And boat raced earlier this season. And then season. getting b- bounced out of the playoffs last year with a third string quarterback. I'll say this um, that the. Outcome of that game, if it has meaning, uh, there's no question that Miami has been owned by Sean McDermott and Josh Allen. I mean, they have owned them. Yeah. Now there've been there've been games where it's gotten away, like the, even the the game they won the down there last the week last three game last year. Are you kidding me? They they feel you know <laughs> they escaped right. They even you could tell they escaped that game. Yeah, Josh threw for 400 yards um, passing. So the, I, I think that is a game you hope means something for the Bills. Yeah. You hope it means something for the Bills. Yeah, because if, if it does, if things have yeah. if things have broken right for Buffalo, and that game means the division, or is the difference in making the playoffs right. or not? If you win, then, you're the four seed or the three seed. Right, but if you lose, you're the five or six seed. You're both teams are in. Okay, I'm probably getting ahead of myself with this, but. If that game means something and you're literally laying it all on the line to get to the postseason, those sometimes are the teams that are the most dangerous because they're already playing playoff football in Week 18. That's right. Then you go to Week 19 and they blow the doors off of somebody because – That's right. I've talked about – we talked about that year after year. That happens. Because yeah. these teams fight and claw and kick and scratch to get in, then they they keep that going for another week. But the week then, after that, the week after that, they play a team that's been sitting there on the bye. Yeah. That's usually the seven seed is the the team that kind of gets it, yeah. and they come in, they they upset go gangbust, they upset somebody, they upset the, the week two the two, two seed, seed yeah. or they upset the three seed as the six seed, just barely getting in, and they do. Then they go in after spent all that energy in the last couple of weeks, and they're meeting a team that's well rested and playing really good. So here's the question about That's Miami. A crusher. Here's the question about Miami, Steve. Miami is the number two scoring team in the league, but 23rd in points allowed. They are a good team. I don't think anybody would debate that. Are they ready to be a division winner? Well, that's like saying is Jacksonville ready to be a division winner? They're playing against Houston, Indianapolis, and and whatever the uh, Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> somebody's got to step up and take the division. Uh, the Bills have. I mean, do they have it in their intestinal fortitude? I, to me, I don't think they do. There is a part of this team that I think crumbles when stuff gets hot. Like, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Do you saying. know what I mean? I kind of got that feel. There's, there is a know. missing ingredient there. Super Maybe. talented, super dangerous. But if there's a game where stuff starts going the wrong way in a hurry... They don't battle out of it. They, so they can't often, fight yeah. their way out. Well, they just can't. Yeah, this year that's been a story with the Bills too. They've, they're in all these scrapes, and they're two and six in one score games. Like Miami will have an initial counter punch, maybe two, but if you keep your foot on the gas against them, they go. They away. eventually just they go away. Yeah, I, I, that's true. That 
and that's always been the case. Um, but I don't know. I, you can't count on that. No, you can't. You can't no, you count can't. on that. I mean, and you can't count on help either, which no. is why you just got to keep on winning. So, <clears throat> of the five games remaining, Steve, against the Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins, which one worries you the most? This one. The Chiefs game. The Chiefs game. Yeah. This one. They, that, those guys are in their building. Um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to win. The rest of those teams, um, even the Cowboys coming in here with their talent and you know and all that, and they've got a, a good quarterback. That's to me is not a game that's as scary as this one going into Kansas City. There's right. no question. This is and the maybe one. the biggest concern for me is, and and maybe it's how this season has gone that is affecting me with this comment. The Bills, when they're in these tight games have not found a way to pull it out more often than not this season. And Patrick Mahomes is an expert at that. Yeah. He is an expert That's, even when he's not playing well. Forget about his team. Even when he's having a lousy game, he comes up with the drive that he needs to close the door on the opponent and win the game. Get him in field yeah. goal range. Whatever it is, even when he's playing lousy for three and a half quarters – he somehow gets the drive necessary to win the game, and the Bills have had a difficult, a supremely difficult time doing that very thing in any game this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'll hear that there's the narrative out there, too, that Josh is that guy as well, except that he leaves him too much time at the end. Yeah. You know, he's done that a number of times, and you know, three or two or three times this year against, you know, the Patriots. Um, who, who else? Um, this last week against Philly, yep. um, these teams that, you know, they got Giants. a little time, the Giants, they got a chance to come back and win it. Um, Jalen Hurts is that kind of player who yes. kind of puts things in the garage and says, you know, you're not coming back on this. Uh, we're going to win this. Even though, the, you know, and that's why you get two quarterbacks like this going into overtime because, you know, both of them have that kind of thing. Um, sooner or later, even so, with those kind of quarterbacks, there's – it comes down to others making plays. Um, Diggs is always going to be a threat, and I think now the Bills have at least one, maybe two other guys who can really make something happen. I think Kincaid is a real thing. He's the real deal. He is going to be a tight end that's going to catch passes and be a, a, a quality starter in this league for a long, long time. I think James Cook, you can kind of get into that uh Ask that, that mindset with him, but I think another guy that's been overlooked that has come on and been really consistent and productive is Khalil Shakir. Um, he catches the ball when they throw it to him, and he's in the right spot, and he gets a little something extra afterwards. He's got a high catch rate too. He's got a high 88%. catch rate, so when they throw it to him, he catches it. So I'm, uh, I think they've got enough guys now, in addition to Steph, that they can get over that hump when they need a play. They can make it happen. All right, good discussion there on the slate that still lies in front of the Bills. Bills fans, get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Just download the app today and play any way you want. Plus, with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. Best of all, you get paid your winnings fast. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the Buffalo Bills. We move along to the numbers game where Steve is going to be quizzed on Bills' win streak history. <sighs> Steve, all right. are you ready? Let's go. Question number one. What is the longest win streak in the McDermott era for the Bills? Eight. You're very close. Seven. It's seven. Do you remember the year? 
21. It was last year. Oh, was it 22? After the Vikings lost. Oh, they ran Seven the table. straight wins. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm. Question number two. Prior to the 2022 season, what was the last season in which the Bills had more than one four-game winning streak in the regular season? So two sets of four-game winning streaks. When's the last time Before they did 21? that? Before 21? Before 2022. Before 2020. Probably 2020. Uh, it was 2021 was the last oh. time they did it. I believe they also did it in 2020. But 2021 oh. was the most recent. They've done it. Two four-game winning streaks. So we, they've done it three of the last four years. Well, they didn't do it this year. Right. And they did it in 2021. Oh, they haven't done it this year. Okay. Yeah. They didn't do it in 19. What is okay. the Bills' longest win streak, Steve, in a single season? Longest ever in team history. 11. Uh, it is correct. That is correct. I jumped down to question five there for some reason. Don't ask me why I did that. Sorry. It is 11 games. Uh, can you tell me what is the Bills' longest win streak in a single season? 11. It is not 11. 13. Because that one, that one spanned two seasons. The 11-game oh, winning streak spanned two seasons. I'll what say is the longest win streak in a single season? 10. It's nine. You're close. Uh, so that was the 1964 season. Weeks, oh, really? Weeks one through nine. Oh, wow. And then they mm-hmm. had two games the prior year in 63 to tack onto it on the on the front end. What is the number of games for Buffalo's longest home game winning streak, Steve? And I'll give you a hint. It was your team. Ten. It's longer. Really? Yes. Home game winning streak. What was it? I have no idea. Take another guess. Thirteen. You're close. It was 15 games. 15 games at home we won. 15 home game winning streak. It spanned. Those guys were really good. September 9th, 1990. Yeah. 26 to 10 over the Colts. And ended December 22nd, 1991. 17-14 17-14 to the Colts. That's when it ended. Well, September 9th, 1990 to December 22nd, 1991. If you had season <clears throat> tickets those two years, you did not see a loss for Bruce, almost two seasons, right. dude. Bruce, Jim, Thurman, Andre, James Lofton. That, they were a good bunch. Can't hold. Um, bonus question, Steve. Do you know the longest winning streak of your 90s teams? Obviously, it wasn't 11. No, I'll bet it was 10. It was 8. Ah, in 1990, weeks 3 to 11, you won eight straight games. Nice. And uh, what did you guys finish that year? Was it 15 and 1? 14 and 2. 14 and 2. Yeah, because we, we, I was playing in week 17, and that, you see, that, <laughs> that was the Marv yeah, throwaway. Right, that was like, we're good. We're good. Put Tasker in, he can play. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, check it. Does he have a pulse? Uh, okay, he can play. Uh, we now help you with the free-to-play pick'em game on FanDuel.com called High Low each week. Pick a player or team to finish with the highest or lowest total for the week in a number of different statistical categories to earn points. The more points you earn, the bigger prize you can win. Play free for a chance at $10,000 in total prizes every Sunday. I will lead us off with the high for passing yards. I'm taking the Dolphins, not only because they have one of the best passing attacks in football, but also because they're playing the Commanders. Washington has been very generous to opposing quarterbacks all season, so I expect Tua to have a productive day 
for Miami. All right. For me, I'm I'm all over the Cleveland Browns for low in passing yards. They're out in L.A. They're facing the Chargers. And Joe Flacco is starting for Cleveland. He just got there last week. He's not going to have Amari Cooper. It doesn't look like Amari Cooper's going to play. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. It doesn't matter. The Browns are going to stink. Browns low for passing yards. Yeah. How about no for Joe Flacco? <laughs> uh, high for rushing yards. I'm taking our old friend Motor Singletary. The Texans' high-powered pass game has left light boxes for Motor, and against the Broncos' 32nd-ranked run defense, I think he has a productive day. All right. For me, I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift facing the San Francisco defense. It's going to be tough sledding all the way, and the Niners have got the number two-ranked run defense. Uh, I can't see DeAndre Swift having a lot of success. I'm going with uh, him as low for rushing, rushing yards. yards. Yeah, high for receiving yards. This is a no-brainer for me. It's got to be Tyreek Hill. Washington is 30th against the pass. They traded away their two best pass rushers at the deadline. Hill, high for receiving yards. Nothing else needs to be said. All right, low for receiving yards. I'm going to take Cooper Cup. I'm counting on the Browns' defense to lock it down, not give him too many opportunities. The Browns defend the pass at both ends of it, both with the rush and in the secondary. They've been holding receivers down all season long. So Cooper Cup for low in receiving yards. All right, our closing figure deals with points for and points against. The Bills are one of just four teams in the NFL that is both top 10 in points for and points allowed. Buffalo currently ranks fifth in points scored, sixth in points allowed. The only other teams in the league that rank in the top 10 in both categories, Baltimore, Dallas, San Francisco, and all three of those teams are five games or more over 500. The Bills, as we know, are six and six. That'll do it for this edition of Bills by the Numbers. Be sure to subscribe so you know when the next episode drops because when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time, everybody.